All right, here we go. Episode 68 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. Sam, how was your week? My week was good, man. Uh, week was good. No complaints. Um, school's been good. Uh, yeah, I had a pretty calm weekend. How, how are you cool. doing? Uh, not too bad. Um, the As of the filming of this podcast and actually the release of this podcast, uh, my birthday is actually tomorrow. Um, and on Sunday, Bree and I went and sort of celebrated, had like a birthday kind of day, went to breakfast came home, watched the Raider game, um, went to dinner, went to Top Golf, and then went back to her house and watched some Game of Thrones. So it was a good day. It was a good day. That's day a well packed spent. day. Yeah, it was a packed day. It was a packed day and a day well spent. So you um, watched you watched the Raiders murder on the field and then you watched murder in Game of Thrones? Yes. Oof. It was it was double dipping. <laughs> double dipping. <laughs> Uh, and I'll say, um, I just finished season two of Game of Thrones. I know I'm way behind the curve. Um, we uh, we all know that. That's well documented on the show. Um, but the hype surrounding the show, I it was legit. It's a good show. It, it is gets, a good show. It gets better. I'm sure it does. It's not as actually violent as I thought it was going to be. Like It has violent moments, but I thought there was going to be a lot more. Um, you watched the... Battle at Blackwater Bay. Did you not see yeah, I, all those ships blow up? I understand, but what I'm saying is, is I thought there, I thought coming into it, there were going to be more climactic moments like that throughout each episode, and there haven't been. That was that's really been the only giant battle through the first two seasons, which is fine. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. That was just a stark contrast to what I had in my head of what the show was going to be. A, a, a stark contrast. Ah, oh, that's true. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. I uh, we'll just pretend I did that on purpose. I think you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give me credit. Well, it's for that definitely one. not a Lannister contrast. Uh, mm, yeah. Uh, okay. Good sir. Okay, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Um. So to kick off the show for you guys today, we'll jump right into sports. Uh, Dom is not with us today. Like ninety-five percent of the college football weekend got pretty much canceled. Uh, on Saturday, so there wasn't going to be a lot to talk about. So instead, we just opted not to talk about college football. So we're going to jump right into some NFL action, and then we'll get into the craziness that is happening in the NBA. Before we get there, uh, I'm gonna we're going to sort of not necessarily introduce, but I would just want to start doing uh, some more sports facts and some trivia um, on this show. Just some interesting nuggets of information. And uh, I got two for you, Sam, right here. And then I got a one trivia question for you. So this weekend, the Buccaneers ran the ball more than 35 times. Why is that significant? Well, in Tom Brady's career, when his team runs the ball more than 35 times in a game, do you know what Tom Brady's record is? 17-0. Uh, 75-2. and two. Darn it. 75-2. and two. So... It seems, based on that, that the formula for the Buccaneers would be to um, run the ball. And it was interesting because that the reason why that took me uh, by surprise is because, obviously, he spent his entire career in New England. And I would have never thought that there were a lot of games where they ran the ball more than 35 times. 
uh, with Tom Brady at quarterback. That was an interesting, interesting stat to me. I, that was not what I was expecting to hear. Yeah, the reason my guess was so low is because 35, you don't see teams rush the ball 35 times. No. Nowadays, especially when you have Tom Brady, who's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, I heard that stat on ESPN this morning, and I and I rewound it because I was like, "That just seems wrong." That just seems like a lot, a lot of games. What are the um, two games that they lost? I'm not sure. <laughs> they did. They didn't mention that, but it was a it was an interesting, interesting nugget of information. I, I wouldn't have guessed that it, that number was going to be that high. Um, also, the uh, the other number this weekend, especially for Kirk Cousins. Uh, heading into the game last night against the Chicago Bears was zero. The reason why was because Kirk Cousins, what do you think Kirk Cousins' record was on Monday Night Football? I just gave you a hint. Uh, zero and seven. Zero and nine. He was 0 and nine on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he's 0 a, and he's nine. not big game, Kirk. No, he is not, and now he is one and nine. He snapped that streak. They beat the Bears nineteen to thirteen. Kirk Cousins got himself a win on Monday Night Football. That team's looking a lot better now that they're uh, really, really, really leaning heavily on Dalvin Cook. Which yeah, I don't know why tough, they weren't doing that in the first place. That's a tough game for Minnesota because Chicago's defense is their strength, and as you mentioned, Dalvin Cook is the strength of the Vikings so you just have those two forces going head-to-head the whole game and it really stifled Minnesota and it forced Kirk Cousins to make some plays and he made a couple to Adam Thielen yeah that one-handed catch on the back left of the end zone was really impressive I heard I was I would listen to a little bit of the game and do you believe that Adam Thielen is one of the best wide receivers in the league yeah I think so where where would you rank him well I mean, it's tough to do on the spot, but you'd have to say Hopkins is. I'd probably put Hopkins at number one. Um, probably Julio at two. Uh, I mean, if you still want to throw Michael Thomas in there, that I mean, you can. Um, Devontae. Dev- yeah, Devontae for sure. Um, I think I think he's kind of on the. I think you start getting into Thielen once you start talking about like Amari Cooper. And wide receivers of like that category, maybe Calvin Ridley now. Yeah. Um, Juju. Juju. Yeah, he's. I think he's sort of in that tier. He's not like Stephon Diggs. Oh, Diggs, I would put ahead of him. Yeah. Um. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Would you put them ahead of? I'm just Thielen? naming. I'm just naming them. I think. Right. It's tough to say because Thielen's only played with. Um, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think I don't even think he overlapped with, uh, or he played with Chase Keenum. Chase Keenum. Chase yeah. Keenum. Whatever his name is. Um, he's thirty years old. He's not incredibly young for a wide receiver. No, I feel like he's just a better version of Julian Edelman. Kind of. Which is not well, a bad thing. I mean, Julian Edelman was a Super Bowl MVP. Well, maybe not Julian Edelman in his prime. But uh, Julian yeah. Edelman was phenomenal in his prime. Yes, yeah. See, I I just wouldn't put him. I I think he maybe cracks the top ten. Yeah, I would. I'd give him that. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
And then, so those are my two little sports uh, facts for you this uh, this morning. And then the one trivia question that I had uh, for you was, which actually uh, ended this weekend. Um, but coming into this weekend, there were two teams that had not lost a game by more than seven points this season. There were two teams. Oof. Okay. Which who had not lost a game by more than seven points. Do you have any guesses as to who the teams are going to be? One of them is a dead giveaway. Okay, okay. Dead giveaway. Oh. Wait, did you say the Chargers were one? I did not say that the Chargers were one, no. Because we talked about it earlier. Frick. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to go with the... The Titans? Well, so I don't know how you're not getting the Steelers because they haven't lost at all. Okay, well, that's not – see, that's not fair. <laughs> what do you mean that's not fair? That's the dead giveaway. I was also thinking Seattle, but I can't – I couldn't remember what that Bills score was. So the Steelers are one of them. The undefeated – the only undefeated team in the league right now, obviously. But that shouldn't count because you're talking about teams – with like losses are a given, mm, and I didn't say that. To, that's the implication of the question, according to you. Yeah. What were... was the other team? Go ahead. What was the other team? I'm, I'm thinking Seattle. Seattle. It is not. It was the Chargers. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers. So the reason why that's so drastic is because because they're trash. They're trash. <laughs> they were two and six. They're two and six. Now they're two and seven. But they were two and six heading into this weekend. And they were the only other team who hadn't lost a game by seven or more points. The only other team to do that is the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. That is a weird, weird similarity between the two teams. Now, obviously, that ended. That's where similarities stop. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, Now, that ended this weekend because the Chargers lost to the Dolphins. 29 to 21. So they lost by eight. But I read that and I did a double take because that just, that's, I never, ever would have guessed that. That's um, why we've been singing their praises, their praises, man. They just lose tight games. Like they look good enough to win and then they just end up getting the loss. Yeah, they're not a, they're not a pushover team by any stretch of the imagination. I think this game was by far Justin Herbert's worst game of his young career. Probably, Against probably. A, we can legit say that Miami's. They're good. A legit they're for real. Team. Yeah, they're for real. From top to bottom, if they can figure out, if Tua keeps growing, that team's scary. But the the whole team around Tua is good enough to make the playoffs. Well, don't not only that, but they have draft picks for days coming up still. Yeah, like they have. I can't name the picks off the top of my head, they but have they the Texans have Texans picks. Yeah, they have. A ton of first round picks coming up within uh, the next two the years. Steelers too. Yeah, they they have everybody's. I, it's it's ridiculous how much they have coming up. So if they're if I don't know if you want to say they're one year ahead of schedule, then that's rough for everybody else because um, over the next two to three years they're going to be loaded, loaded. You'd think with their draft picks um, right. if they turn into uh, if they turn into productive pieces. So, uh, let's get into this weekend's scores. Um, the Thursday night game was probably one of the best matchups we've had on Thursday night, but it didn't end up being the best game 
that we've had. So it was the Colts versus the Titans. The Colts won 34-17. And then moving into Sunday, the Browns beat the Texans 10-7. to The Lions kick a game-winning field goal from, I think, 59 yards away. Mm-hmm. And they beat Washington 30-27. to The Buccaneers railed the Panthers 46-23. to The Giants, who are going to win that division, 27-17 to <laughs> over the Eagles. They are the best team in that division right now. 27 to 17. The Packers beat the Jaguars 24 to 20. The Cardinals and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, which I heard it was so cleverly coined as the Hail Murray. Wow. 32 to 30 in what was one of the most spectacular plays of the entire season with DeAndre Hopkins catching a 52, I think it was a 52 yard pass from Kyler Murray in between three. Buffalo defenders somehow mm-hmm. comes down with it. It was a miraculous play. If you haven't seen it, you have to go look it up. The Dolphins, as Sam said, they are legit 29 to 21 over the Chargers. The Raiders handled the Broncos very surprisingly easily, 37 to 12. The Rams beat the Seahawks 23 to 16 in a bit of an upset of a game. Mm-hmm. Steelers beat the Bengals 36 to 10. The Saints beat the 49ers 27-13, and the storyline coming out of that game is Drew Brees and his punctured lung and cracked ribs. I think he has two broken ribs. So it might be Jameis time in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Then the Sunday night game, the Patriots beat the Ravens 23-17 in what was a monsoon weather uh, it seemed like. It was just raining and downpouring. It was an ugly game. It was an ugly, ugly game. And then the Vikings, as we mentioned, beat the Bears 19-13. to mm-hmm. So let's pick and choose which games we want to talk about this weekend. Uh, let's start with the Battle of the AFC South. Is that what that is? All right. So Colts-Titans. So Tennessee uh, – I don't know. It's tough. So coming out of this game. Coming out of this game, let's see. Let's see if they play next. When if they play each other again, they do play each other again. Actually, in two weeks. <laughs> um, that's kind of. I wish they would have slated that game for the end of the season. That would have been really cool. I think it's obviously going to come down to those two teams. Obviously, so coming out of this game, what do you think about the Colts now, or what do you think about the Titans now? Um, I think. I, I I don't think we can say anything other than the Colts are decisively better than the Titans at this point. As long as Phillip Rivers plays as well as he did in this game, um, that was the whole – I think that's the separating factor. The the Colts defense we've been talking about is is legit. It's one of the best it's in the yeah. NFL. It, um, I wouldn't say shut down Derrick Henry, but it limited him. In his effectiveness, um, and Philip just played probably his best game in a Colts uniform. Yeah, so he was twenty nine for thirty nine, three hundred and eight yards, one touchdown. But the big stat for him is no interceptions. Yeah, so that's the that's the thing that's been really hurting the Colts is his turnovers. And you said they limited Derrick Henry, and it's so weird to say that a 103 yard game was and averaging 5.4 yards per carry was a limiting factor, but they kept him out of the end zone, Mm -hmm. which is a big thing for him. 
and obviously that team. Um, but he was averaging 5.4 yards a carry. He only carried the ball 19 times, ran for 103 yards. So, yeah, they bottled him up by his standards. But he still had a fairly good game. Um, but the Colts' defense, they pitched a shutout in the second half. They, it was The Titans scored seven points in the first quarter, ten in the second, and then zip and zip in the third and the fourth. And then the Colts just kind of blew open. In the second half, they scored 21 unanswered points in the second half. The Colts' defense, um, I don't think this is going to be the year that Indianapolis makes a run at the championship. I don't think that they're one of – I mean, they are one of the top teams in the AFC, but I think when you're looking at, like, who you think is going to be the teams that come out of the AFC, um, I think you look towards the Chiefs and the Steelers – uh, and I think maybe even the Bills before you look at the Colts. Maybe, hell, maybe even the Dolphins now. I don't know. Um, but I think with the Colts coming out of this season, if they decide to stick with Phillip Rivers, which I'm not, I don't know if they're going to, if they decide to stick with Phillip Rivers, then he'll be in his second season in an Indianapolis uniform, and maybe he'll be more comfortable in the offense. I don't know. But if they decide not to stay with Phillip Rivers, then what they do know is that they do have an offense that can uh, produce with a quarterback who does turn the ball over. And they have a defense behind them that is elite. So if they bring in a quarterback who, who ends up being better than Phillip Rivers, i.e., like Sam said, Carson Wentz, which feels like it would be a match made in heaven, then the Colts next season are going to be a real problem. A real problem in the AFC. And the reason why being... They have a, They do have a good offense, but it's that defense that is just, just like a wall for teams. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think you're li- you're kind of selling them short a little bit. They're a problem this year for teams because any they they just pose so many problems for opposing offenses. Um, the thing with them is you want to keep it close, so hopefully Phillip makes a mistake. I think the the telling of this game was it wasn't close, so he didn't really get an opportunity to mess it up for him. And that's Mm -hmm. the formula. And I think that's why I'm not – and I know you said I was selling them short, and I think that's why I am selling them a little bit short because I don't have 100% faith in Phillip right now. If he keeps – if this was his turnaround game of the season, if his second half of the season turns turns out to be – somewhat similar to what his game on Sunday was, then, yeah, the Colts are uh, poised to make a really deep run. But I, I don't have personal uh, a ton of personal confidence in him at the moment. Um, but – and if you look at – so if you look at the, the defense right now that in the AFC, and actually if I look – I'm looking at the NFC right now, the only other team – yeah, so the Buccaneers would be close. Um, so in terms of points allowed, defenses that have allowed the least amount of points in the NFC, mm-hmm. it is the Rams at 168. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, looking at it right now, there's not another team in the NFC that has allowed um, – every other defense in the uh, NFC has allowed more than 200 points. Okay. The Rams are the only one, and they're at 168. In the AFC, in the AFC, you have 
the Steelers at 171 and the Colts at 177. So, so the, I was Rams, surprised. the Rams have the lowest? The Rams have the lowest in okay. the entire NFL right now. And I'm actually surprised that Tampa's not on that list, but Tampa's given up 226. Well, they got smoked by New Orleans. Yeah, they did. Um, but we've been talking about the elite defenses in the league right, in the league right now. and We know that the Steelers have one. We know that the Colts have one. And we know that the Rams have one now. I think that's very clear. Yeah. The Bucks do have one. They did have that blemish against the Saints. Um, but, yeah, come, come playoff time, that's what you want. You want an elite defense in the playoffs. And if the Colts, like you said, if teams are going to go up against the Colts in the playoffs, their formula, I agree with you, has to be keep it close. Because if the Colts get a lead on you, then it's going to be very hard to come back against them because their defense is just going to pin their ears back, come after you, and it's going to be really hard to beat them. Yep. Would would we be surprised if the Titans come back in two weeks and beat the Colts? Absolutely not. No. No? No. Uh, but I'm just saying I think next next season or the season after when they get a quarterback who can uh, – who doesn't turn the ball over, and then they have maybe they don't have to rely as heavily on that defense, and they could beat you on both sides of the ball. That's going to be tough. That's going to be really tough for a lot of teams. Um. All right, what game do you want to jump into next? The Browns Texans game was pretty lackluster. Not a ton to talk <clears throat> about there. It's ten to seven. It again. It was off weird. Weather. Yeah, weird weather in Cleveland again. Um, big, win, Washi- big win for Cleveland, though. Big win for Cleveland, yeah. It has a lot of playoff implications. Mm-hmm. Um, right now you're looking at the Browns, the Raiders, Dolphins, Miami, yeah. Dolphins, and the Colts. I think they're all sitting at 6-3 and three right now. Um, well, the Colts on the type, they're technically ahead in the division, so the Titans. Right. Um, and I think the Raiders are the first wild card in right now. Um, they beat the Browns which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have to play the Colts later on in the year, and they also have to play Miami later on in the year. Wow. So for all three of those teams, uh, beating each other is going to be huge for playoffs down the road because uh, whoever the wild card ends up being, they're going to be uh, good teams, uh, but they're going to have to beat each other. Um, it's not one of those situations where they're not going to – they have no they have no say over – who gets in? No, they have a say because they're all going to play each other, uh, which is really going to be fascinating to watch uh, come the end of the season. Right. Um, we can so, talk about Tampa's bounce back a little bit. Yeah, that was a big game. That was a big game for Tampa. And I, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, the formula for them is going to be running the ball, having their defense play uh, really well, and just kind of let Tom Brady uh, – pick you apart a little bit it's Um, it's about it's really been the mo of his whole career run the ball well they went from running it five times last game to running it 35 times this game yeah an nfl record low (laughs) (laughs) and then tom brady's just making perfect throws on third down like throws to windows that you wouldn't even like imagine on third down, it's just so weird. Like, he's throwing between 
defenders to the wrong shoulder to guys. And it's like, what the heck is, how does that work? And then they're just, I think they're probably one of the best teams in the red zone. They just have so many targets. I mean, first they have Gronk and then they have Mike Evans. And now Antonio Brown is making huge plays for them. And then of course they have Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. That offense is just woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Bruce Arians, uh, there's been a lot of talk about Bruce Arians and Tom Brady not necessarily being on the same page because Bruce Arians is a very high fly. He's like Mike D'Antoni of the NBA. Like, he has a very specific way he wants to play football. Like, Mike D'Antoni, if you watch him coach and you just go, just go watch the Rockets for the past couple of years, just go, go watch them and you'll understand what type of coach. Mike D'Antoni is and Bruce Arians in a sense is kind of the football version of that because he just wants a high flying offense. He wants to throw it 500 yards down the field, just keep throwing it all across the yard, which is why you have games where you only run it five times, but that's not what Tom Brady does. That's not what he's ever done. Um, Now Tom Brady is unquestionably for a lot of people, the greatest quarterback to ever play. And he has earned the right to be called that. But he's also 42 or 43 at this point. And you have a team that can rush the ball the way that it does. And you have a defense that can play the way that it does. So I understand that he's got all these weapons around him. But if you really want to make a push for the Super Bowl this year, you've got to lean on the ru- the, ru- the rushing attack. You've got to let the defense just be who they are. And don't force Tom Brady to throw for 400 to 500 yards a game. Let him surgically kind of pick you apart. He doesn't need to be making the home run throw uh, every time because the one thing about Tom Brady is that he just makes the right throws. He always has. He always has. He's just so incredibly smart. So if you just give him the option of either having a dink and dunk or I I guess the way that I'm trying to explain it is that he will take a shot if it's open. Oh, for sure. He knows when to take a shot, so he take, don't try he takes to force shots to uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, so don't try to force him to take the shot. Let him find it. Let him find it. You need to sort of sculpt your offenses to what it uh, looked like in New England. Um, let him find it. Don't call the shots for him. Let him find when to take the big home run play. Because nine times out of ten, I'm gonna bet that he's gonna be right. So. Yeah, he's just he's just got too much experience. He's been rating defenses for what 20, 20, 20 years now. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that was the formula for the Bucks yesterday. Yeah, big. I think that's a big bounce back win against. I mean, Carolina's no pushover. They did have uh, Teddy Bridgewater was uh, out for some of this game. Uh, he hurt his knee. I guess it's a mild sprain. And McCaffrey wasn't playing in this game too. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you want to talk about your Oakland Raider just surprising domination of Denver? Well, I don't know who Oakland Raiders are anymore. Dude, um, I'm sorry. I just but... <laughs> put so much respect on the Oakland City. Uh, we can talk about that game, or we can quickly talk about the Bills-Cardinals game first. Um, yeah, whichever, man. Uh, let's do Bills-Cardinals real quick. Let's just get through that. Let, and honestly, the thing about that game is really just going to be that last play. Yeah, the ending. That last play by DeAndre Hopkins was 
or who who was that a better play by in your in your opinion? Was that a better Kyler Murray play or was that a better DeAndre Hopkins play? I feel like I think it's a better D D Hop play. And why so? Um, I think the throw was good, but I feel like you're not really putting. I don't know. I'm not. I never played quarterback, but I feel like you're not putting that ball in a certain spot. I feel like you're more or less throwing that to the end zone, right? In the general direction of your player, and then D Hop really has to go up and make that play over three defenders. Yeah, you know, I I don't think Kyler Murray, maybe he did. I don't know. Put that in a spot where D Hop could only get it on purpose. I think that was more or less just a heave, right? Well, nine times out of ten, as somebody who did play quarterback, when you're throwing it at the end uh, of a quarter like that, you are just kind of – all you want to do is give your wide receiver a chance. Right. And there is something to be said about putting it in a spot where they have a chance um, because you could overthrow them or you could underthrow them, and that significantly decreases – their ability to go make that catch. So you do have to put it in a little bit of a window. Um, but just aside with Kyler Murray for a sec, um, the fact that he, first of all, he avoided a tackle as he was rolling out. He completely yeah. shed one tackle. And then he is a right-handed quarterback, mind you, and he's rolling to his left and mm-hmm. completely flips his hips around just at the drop of a hat and just yoinks it downfield. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he was able to do that rolling to his left, um, I thought was extremely impressive. And the catch obviously speaks for itself. There were three people around him. It was an incredible catch. I Only him and Julio probably can make that catch. I, yeah, yeah. And Julio is going to make that catch just because he's just gigantic. He's well, a D Hop isn't short. Yeah, I think. Well, I'm just saying. I think Julio's a little bit taller. Um, maybe Devonte Adams makes that catch. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Uh, but but they had a um, they had a segment on Monday Night Football. It was the You Got Mossed segment, mm. and it was just it was just a segment dedicated to um, D Hop. And they had all these – they had five plays of him sort of mossing everybody. And he is – he's so good at high-pointing the ball. Um, and you know who was really watching that play and uh, was just breathing a big sigh of disappointment was Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Man, to give up DeAndre Hopkins. And talk about what, talk about what that move meant – for Arizona. Oh, and it completely changed their ability to compete. It, for sure. It skyrocketed them. Immediately. Like, they were – they exuded so much more confidence on offense. Um, they were they, – they kind of seemed more of, like, a threat on offense. Yeah. Yeah, and so here's – and here's the question I have for you uh, now. And I like that we're – and I like the sort of format that we're doing. We get to dive in a little bit more to, to just a handful of games. Um, because it leads to questions like this. You look at the NFC West now, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals are sitting atop of that division. Now you have three teams that are six and three. Did they beat the Rams? Did they beat the Rams? Uh, let's go back. I don't well, think let's they go beat back. the Rams. They haven't played the Rams yet. I would I think the Rams are I think the Rams are atop to me. So I so yeah, so that's the question I was gonna ask you is 
who is the best team in that division right now? So because so Seattle's say, faltering. Yeah, I would say a little Seattle, bit. but they need a perfect game. Russell Wilson needs to pitch a perfect game for them to win, right? Yeah, and that's just too much. Like we're nine games in, and I think we're seeing a little bit of chinks in the armor. He's getting tired. <laughs> I think. The dude is what throwing forty-five times a game. Oh, He's getting that. hit so much, like. The Rams were bringing that pass rush on Russell Wilson. That was mm-hmm. a – so the Rams are the best defense in this division. For sure. For a division that – and I'm just excluding the Niners because they're not a factor right now. So out yeah. of the three teams, they have by far the best defense. By far. Arizona gets timely timely turnovers because they have Patrick Peterson and uh, Baker and um, uh, Kirkpatrick. Those are that's a oh, good, is it Drake Kirkpatrick? Yeah, that's a good yeah. DB core right there that can get their hands on the ball and get picks. Um, and their their offenses. I mean, Arizona has a very explosive offense. We've seen it, but their defense just gives up so many points. Mm-hmm. Um, they've lost to teams like Detroit. Uh, they lost to Miami. They lost to Miami. They lost to well, who else did they lose to then? Carolina. What was that? Oh. Lost to they lost to Detroit week three and then they lost to uh See, Carolina. Weird. It's week just four. weird. Like they, I feel like that's just inexperience on their part. The Rams have been there, done that. They've won this division. They've made it to the Super Bowl. I think they're my front runners to win that division. Um I just I just gotta think that Seattle's gonna slide into the playoffs somehow, some way. It's tough, you know. I'm looking at because here's the funny thing. So I think Seattle might have the best offense in that division. They've scored the most points. Um, they've scored 290 points compared to Arizona's 266 and the Rams' uh, 216. Hell, even the 49ers have scored uh, more than the Rams. Yeah, the Rams uh, at 238. Yeah. Uh, they they don't have an explosive offense. Their offense, no, they don't, which is so weird now that that we're talking about Sean McVay's but offense I think they're trying to a couple of years ago. Jerry Goff's role, in a sense, because they don't want him to make mistakes. They're a big running football team, and then they play action off of it. Yeah. Um, so I think – um, I think Seattle might have the best offense – in that division. Maybe. Maybe. Carolina's not far behind. Carolina. I'm sorry. Arizona is not far behind. Um, if you want, I wouldn't even blink necessarily if you put them side by side and said they have an even offense. I'd, I may uh, side with that. But just because Russell Wilson has been so ridiculous and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have been crazy this season, I'm just going to say for the sake of argument that they have the best offense in their division. The Rams obviously have the best defense, but they do not have a great offense, and Seattle doesn't have a great defense. Seattle's given up the most points in that division. So what I'm saying about Arizona is, are they the most no. complete team, top to bottom? <laughs> They're, okay, who's more complete? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to ask you that. Who would you yeah. – you're, you're obviously going to say the Rams then. So I guess the question would be, do you have more faith 
in because the strength of Arizona is their offense. So, and the strength of uh, the Rams is their defense. So, I guess the question really would be: Do you have more faith in the Rams' offense or Arizona's I, defense? I think you're giving. I think you're discrediting the Rams' offense a little more than you should be. Like they have weapons, they just haven't put it together this season to be what they were two years ago. Am I am I boring, right. Jason? Yeah, I'm not is, agreeing is Arizona with your standpoint, the best team so I'm just I don't know if they're the best team, but I think they might be the most complete team um, from, from top to bottom. I understand that they have devi- deficiencies on defense, but the Rams have been deficient on, on offense a lot too, and I just – I don't know. I – I think it's safe to say that Seattle might have the best offense. The Rams have the best defense, but Arizona, from wall to wall, might just be the most. So I know you hate when I do this, Um, but realistically, Arizona should not have won this game. Like, like, (laughs) Buffalo scored a touchdown to put them up four. With, gosh, it was less than a minute. I think it was less than thirty seconds. Right. That's probably a 98% win chance right there. And it just happen, happens that one of the best plays this year happens and Buffalo gets away with a loss and Arizona gets away with a win, right? So easily this team could be mm-hmm. five and four. And we look at it, we look at it completely they different. They could be. So I think just the fact that they got away, escaped with a win against the Bills, I don't know if we should be saying that they're – the most complete like they played as bad as well to lose that game as they did to win it if that makes any sense yeah and then fair you're gonna enough. say oh well they won um, so it doesn't matter okay all right <laughs> okay all right let's move on I, I think we'll the Rams right the now are the best team in that division Yeah, and I and I'm not even necessarily saying like you're wrong. Um, it's just it's one of the like I I I I could hear the argument for that, but I also think that there's an argument to be I made about I did think Arizona it was interesting though the they brought up that, uh, um, the Rams have played. They talked about like the legit offenses they've played, and their defense actually hasn't played that well. Uh, I can't remember the teams that they that they were talking about. I think it was like let's the, see. So they took the Niners. So the when the Niners were uh, kind of the Niners, um, the Bills and Dallas. I think that was that was the offenses that they were alluding to. So yeah, so they held Dallas at the beginning of the season to seventeen points. They gave mm-hmm. up thirty five to the Bills. They gave up twenty four to the Niners. Um, they gave up 28 to the Dolphins, but then they just sh- shut right. out kind of Seattle at 16. So right. they've had good and bad games. So I don't know. We'll see. That division is going to be really interesting going forward because that from top to bottom was probably the best division in yeah. football. Um, Nick Mullins, we trust. Baby. So <laughs> Nick Mullins, we trust. 
Um, yeah. So Raider game. Raider game. Um, <clears throat> now I expected the Raiders to win this game. <clears throat> I did not expect right. them to win thirty-seven to twelve, uh, and I did not expect them to force four turnovers. I'm sorry, <clears throat> five turnovers. Um, they had four picks and they forced a fumble. Um, <clears throat> and I think the thing for me in that game was, okay? <clears throat> hey, can you do me a favor and take a sip? Yeah, of water? No, I'm good. I just, I've just got oh, some dude, allergies. Do you working. got you got some tissue next to you? Um, <laughs> no. Anyway, let me just clear my throat. <coughs> there, audience. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I think the thing for me coming out of this game was the Raiders were supposed to win this game. I really do think they were supposed to win this game, and they did, uh, and that was great. The thing that is a little bit upsetting is that if their defense could play like that week to week, and I understand that they were playing against the Denver Broncos offense, it is not very good. And next week they're going to be playing against Kansas City, who, by the way, is going to want everybody's head on the Raiders because the Raiders are the only team that has beaten them. Can we talk about the victory lap thing that the Raiders did? Did you hear about that? So apparently their team no, I didn't. Like drove around the arena like a victory lap because they won in KC, and that that's apparently been picking up a lot of buzz because someone asked Andy Reid about it and he was like, "Oh well, you know they they deserve it. They beat us on the day, but that's just not our style." Like he threw a little shade at the Raiders, and then they kept asking him about it. Which, dang. Um, but what like what do you think about that poking a sleeping bear? You're not supposed to wake up a sleeping bear, dude. Well, it's one of those things like I it, it's interdivisional, it's a rivalry game and that game I I don't know. I I don't really take much of that. It's I think funny. it's kind of funny. Um I think it's funny in the sense that like um like well, I don't know, like they're rivals. They, They've though? always been rivals. Um Yes, so doesn't a rivalry a, have to yeah. have like one team's on top for a little bit and the other team's on top for a little bit? You know, like isn't this kind of like? Are you looking up their records against each other? Well, yeah, all time. But as of late, the Chiefs are kind of like kicking the Raiders' ass. Like the last. As decade. of late, yes, yeah. Like like the yeah, last yeah as of decade. late yeah but before that it was it was always like except for the, the twenty sixteen year maybe <laughs> or they were a wild card that year like the Chiefs have dominated okay. the Raiders like the Raiders are an that on look the boot of the Chiefs <laughs> okay anyway we're talking we about the talk Broncos about the Raiders game whatever <laughs> no what I'm saying you didn't even let me finish my point because you're a terrible co-host Take a now anyway. <laughs> Anyway, my gosh, jeez, can a guy get a moment of peace? Sorry, Just I let me enjoy you my you victory. Were coughing up a lung um, earlier. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that. Anyway, the thing is, is that if the Raiders' defense could play that well week to week, I understand. Like I said, they were playing against a Denver Broncos offense that is not very good, not very good. But if they could play like that week to week. 
then the Raiders are a very dangerous team. A very dangerous team. Because they do have a very good offense. A very good offense. But their defense is their weak link by far. And it's not even close. They have not been able to get to the quarterback. And they have not been able to force virtually any turnovers. They're going to look statistically a little bit better off of this week. But don't let that fool you. They had not been forcing virtually any turnovers. I think they were damn near last in forced turnovers, interceptions. I mean, turnovers overall, interceptions, and fumbles. Like, they just, they were not doing anything to help themselves. So if they could get it together and their defense can start playing collectively really well, then they become a very scary team. A very scary team. Um, Because I do think they can compete offensively with almost anybody. And it's just their defense. I guess I was so I was more worried about the Chargers game than I was the Broncos game, despite the Chargers having lost to Denver the week uh, before the Raiders went up against the Chargers, because the Chargers offense is way better than Denver's. And look what happened. The Raiders almost lost. And then they went up against Denver, who has a horrible offense, and they like damn near pitched a shutout. So if they could get their stuff together and play well defensively, then they do become a very, very tough team to beat. Um, next week against Kansas City is going to be very tough. <laughs> be a very tough game. Thankfully, they don't have to go to Kansas City. But that's a Sunday night game, and I got to believe that the Chiefs um, are going to want to come out and absolutely destroy the Raiders. Um, I didn't think they were going to win the game when they played them the first time, and they ended up winning. And I feel I'm going to feel much better uh, this week if we get more of our offensive linemen back, which I think they are. Um, it'll be a tough game, but uh, it's tough to say that the Raiders can't win because they already beat them once. But uh, that'll just be that'll be a game I'm, I'll be very very nervous uh, come kickoff. So but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward. Uh, to watching that game because after that the Raiders go into a they play the Falcons and then they play the Jets which is two games I believe they should win and then they'll have the Colts which will be tough then they have the Chargers again the Dolphins and uh, the Broncos so they've got very winnable games coming up the tough thing is going to be keeping pace with Miami Miami is going to be the team that I think for sure is guaranteed a wild card spot because over the next few weeks Miami plays the Broncos, that's a win. The Jets, that's a win. The Bengals, that's a win. The Chiefs, okay, let's say they lose. The Patriots, it's in Miami, and the Patriots never play well in Miami. So let's say they win that game. Then they play the Raiders, and then they have the Bills. And that Dolphins-Bills game is gonna probably going to get flexed towards the end of the season because that might be competing for the division at that point. So uh, it'll be fun going forward. All right, let's talk about the Niners. Go ahead. Um, they lost. Uh, I just wanted to say – Congratulations to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for making the playoffs because that schedule is very favorable for them and good for them. They deserve it after having a tough opening schedule that they always have. You oh, so you yeah. think they're going to get in? Jets, Falcons, uh, Broncos, Chargers. They should win all those games and they'll get the ten. They'll get the ten wins. They should even yeah they even should if I, I the games that are close like the Colts game 
could go either way. The Miami game could go either way. Um, yeah, I think those are the only two. I can I can remember if there's another. Like even if they we assume that they lose those games, they're getting in. Right, and the thing is, is that like. Like, we're just assuming the right. worst that they lose those games and that they win the other four. They could right. win one of those games. Um, they, they very easily could win one of those games. If Phillip Rivers has one of his bad games, uh, which last year when he played against the Raiders, he absolutely shit his pants. Did you smell it? Is that, um, is that why you know? Oh, dude, it oh, was were they wearing was They were wearing the white pants it, that day. That's why it was showing through. Yeah. Dang, that's pretty Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was yeah, it wasn't fun. I was at that game too. I could see it. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, that was like they could they could beat the Colts and they could beat Miami. I don't I don't know. Hell, they could beat the Chiefs. They already yeah. beat them once. I think I, the the only scary um, game is probably the Atlanta game. Like maybe yeah, because again, like that's a good Denver offense in L.A. That late in the year, who knows what they're doing like are they really trying to win at that point maybe they're maybe probably the trying to play spoilers. they're just trying to get herbert further and further developed but those teams are just going to lose more and more and more belief in themselves with more and more losses yeah um and it's, it's just gonna be tough like you're gonna see more of the games where the raiders just get out to a 30 point lead yeah are you uh are are you jumping on the uh, the bandwagon of saying that the Raiders are a good team now? Yeah, I think they're they're a good team. They're gonna make the playoffs. Um, they might lose in the first round of the playoffs, but yeah, yeah, it would depend on who they. I played. think the Bills would be um, a super scary matchup for the Raiders. Not just because, yeah, not just because. Well, they, they already, yeah, they already played, played them they once. Just do yeah, not match well against the Bills. Yeah, and I think you know. The Raiders beat, I think, what you and I believe are the best team in the AFC and the Chiefs. I don't think there's a team in the AFC that the Raiders who would they play? Which beat division? When I'm winner, would they play? I don't know because there's the I Bills not who are going to win. Um, there's the Steelers and there's the Chiefs, so they they would play the Bills. They play um, the worst of the three I, if they end up being the first wild card. Yeah, let me see if I can find the current playoff yeah, I just gave it to me. picture. I just painted the picture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, right now the right right now the Raiders are currently the Raiders would be slated fifth. They're ahead of Miami and they're Ooh. ahead of Baltimore, which is shoot is another team they that might be are. fighting for a while. Yeah. Um. So they're fifth. Uh, if they beat the Colts, see the Colts are the team mm-hmm. that's ahead of them right now. Um, so that game against the Colts later on in the season is going to be gigantic. Um, so that game is just enormous. Yeah. It is so it's big monumental. That he needs to buy two tickets to fly on a plane. That that game <laughs> is so big. So you can only have two other people in an elevator with it. That game is so big, it gets a family platter just for a late Sunday night dinner alone. So I think actually right now, because the Steelers would have the bye, two and seven would be the Chiefs-Ravens. 
three and six would be the Bills and Miami. So the Raiders would actually play the Colts uh, right now uh, coming into the playoffs. Oh, because so. the Colts are yeah, – I it's totally good. forgot about their division. I totally forgot about their division. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I am really looking forward to see how this all shakes out. Uh, but remember, you got to shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> okay. Um. So we already yeah, talked a little bit about Seattle. I think that, I think the last game to uh, the last game to talk about maybe, and I guess the last thing would be really the Ravens Patriots game. Do you Dude, take I much stock know. in that game? So here's the thing: we've seen the Patriots look like I put them in in the early power rankings after I think they played Seattle, and then they beat you guys. I put them in the top five of the NFL for our power rankings because they looked like it. Yeah. And then COVID hits. They don't practice for a week, week and a half. They go and lose to um, they lost to some bad teams. Denver. Then they lost to the Bills. They lost to the Niners. They got smoked in that game. They just looked awful. Yeah. And then they come out. Granted, this game was um, some unusual circumstances because, and mind you, they also almost they lost almost the lost, Jets. yes, that's right. They they had to pull out a gutsy win against the Jets, but that was just a great Jets performance. Like Joe Flacco played out of his mind. Um, yeah, he did. And they beat the Ravens in a hurricane, in a monsoon. <laughs> so I don't know what we take. I think that game is it. Just shows you what the blueprint is for the Patriots. They play good defense. They run the ball a shit ton, and they get timely throws by Cam. I can see it works. Mm-hmm. We've seen it work. Now, um, I just think they've just given up too many losses early in the year that they won't be. They won't have enough gas to make it. What about the? Uh, what about the page? I mean, the I think the what about the Ravens? Turned- because Lamar has – it's tough to say if he has a weak arm. I think he has a very average arm for arm strength and arm talent. So I think the weather just turned the Ravens' offense so one-dimensional in this game. And they do not play well when they're coming – when they're playing from behind. And now they can't even throw the ball. I think – yeah, I just I just don't think this was their night. That's it. I don't, I don't think there are less – they're a lesser team. I don't think the Patriots are better than the Ravens. Um, I, I'd be more curious to see how they play next week. I don't even know who they play, but and the Patriots the play Ravens the Texans. Play the Titans. The Titans looks see, like if they come yeah. out and beat the Titans, then we're all saying, "Well, dang, well, gee, Holly darn, <laughs> gee, Holly darn." <laughs> um. Well, let's get into the. I wanted to get your opinion on that. I don't have a ton to say that you yeah, didn't say I'm about just, that game. Um, I'm so let's hop into the. This feels good. My goodness, let's just hop into the picks for next week. So it is currently five to five. Sam swept in the picks last week. So this is a stark difference. <laughs> Wait, is it? Is it Ned what was happening at this point? Well, it better not be uh, Ned, because Ned, you know. Well, I'm taking off your head this year, so. Okay. Um, So, the Thursday night game, probably. 
Chabarrison, give me his head. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. No, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> He's getting carried away, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Thursday night, probably the best Thursday night match that we've had. Yeah, the Seahawks card. I hope it's exactly the same as their first meeting. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, so who you got? I'm going to take Seattle. Um, I'll take Seattle too. And if we have to yeah. flip, I'll flip on that one. Um, Steelers, yeah. Jags, got the Steelers. Got the Panthers at home against the Lions. Give me the, give me the Lions. I feel like I've picked the Lions every week. <laughs> They just play I feel like, like I have. The Lions schedule is dog. I feel like they haven't played a good team. Yeah, I don't think. They have played. So, so far they've played the Bears, Packers, Cardinals, Saints. That sucks. That's four rough games at the beginning of the year. Jaguars, Falcons, Colts, Vikings, Didn't... Washington. Oh, the Colts beat Detroit. Never mind. Bit of a, bit of a mixed bag. Um, Patriots. Patriots and Texans. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Ravens at home against the Titans. Give me the, give me the Ravens. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens too. Um, give me the Browns at home against the Eagles. I'm gonna go Browns, but potentially might flip for no reason. Okay. No, I'm um, gonna take the Browns. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to pick up Browns defense, so. Kind of need oh, gotcha. Wentz to not play well. Right. Um, Saints at home yeah, against the Falcons. The I'll take them too. Uh, Bengals in Washington. Woo! That's a game. Give me uh, – yeah, give me jo- yeah. Give, give me, me Joe Burrow. Cincy. Yeah. Uh, Chargers over the Jets. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Miami, uh, Miami over Denver, even though I hope yeah. Denver wins that game. The Raiders are really going to need Denver to win that game. Um, the Vikings and the Cowboys. Yeah, Give me the Vikings over the Cowboys. Give me the Packers over the Colts. The Packers over the Colts. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, man, Aaron Rodgers, please, please win that game. Um, give me the Raiders over the Chiefs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Chiefs. That sounded um, like a, a White Walker. Yeah, I know. They just got to the show, finally. It took them forever. Um, Buccaneers and the Rams. Give me the Rams. I'll take the Bucks. That's going we'll to be a good game. Hopefully. It will be. There's right. a lot of you hope games. it's going Colts, to be a good Packers, game. Chiefs, Raiders, Rams, Bucks. Then you got um, the Cardinals, Seahawks, Titans, Ravens. Titans, Ravens. Like, there's some good games. There are. There, there are. are. Should be a fun so how many? How many do we have? Should be perfect. Three. Three. Remind so me again what they are. We're good. So I got the Panthers, you have the Lions. I have the Raiders, you have the Chiefs, and I have the Bucks, and Man, you have the if Rams. We lose this week because of the Raiders. That'd be so funny. 
upset. Don't say it. Don't say that. I want them to know win what? so bad. Niners get a win this week. Because they're not playing. Woo! Nobody can get hurt. <laughs> Nobody can get hurt. All right. NFL is wrapping up. At least our NFL talk is wrapping up. Right at the hour mark. We timed that That's beautifully. All you You're running a great show, man. You are doing Let's great this show, Jason. Let's do it. I appreciate your support. Jason, I love you. As well. <laughs> <laughs> that came out of nowhere. You know who's doing great? James Harden. Because he's in the position right now where he got offered $50 million Ooh. a year. But? But? He turned it four. down. Don't For know yet. <laughs> Maybe. Pretty guaranteed. So that was a question that Sam, Ben, who's been on the show, and I all had yesterday. So to give you all a little bit of background, the Houston Rockets are probably going to be getting rid of uh, – we know they're going to be getting rid of James Harden and most likely going to be getting rid of Russell Westbrook. But – the Rockets did offer James Harden a two-year, $50 million a year extension. Jeez. And he turned that down because right now apparently he's eyeballing Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, as his number one destination he has to go eyes to. for another. His head has been turned. He does. So the question became yesterday is one – would you turn down $50 million a year to go yes. get a ring? And then the second question is, could James Harden even fit with Kevin Durant and no. Kyrie Irving? So let's do the first question okay. first. The first one. Give it to me again. Yes, Jason? Would you turn down $50 million a year See, to go I'm get a ring? stroking my six-inch long beard as I gaze into Khloe Kardashian's eyes, and I'm saying to myself, James, you've made a lot of money in Houston. You signed that big deal after OKC traded you unceremoniously to Houston. You felt pretty bad about yourself. You know what? You've, you've had a good run in Houston. Sure, they're going to pay you so much money that your kids' kids' kids won't work a day in their life. But you know what? You need that, that one thing. That ring. And you're going to get it with your best friend, Kevin Durant. But is he going to So get that's it? a different question. Because if I were <laughs> Brooklyn, I would trade Kyrie Irving's Kyrie Irving. To get I agree. James Harden. Because James Harden and Kevin Durant absolutely work. No doubt in my mind the only thing is Kyrie we've Irving seen it work would not fit he would be the odd man out and he would right hate it. and he is such a cancer right and that's so that room. yeah yeah so if you yes, can deal yes. him and if you're houston that's not a bad concession prize if if harden is out so the either. door regardless and westbrook is out the door and you get Kyrie Irving to then build around who's younger than James Harden. That's 
not a bad thing. Sure, nope. and he's got a less contract than you would be paying James Harden. So all in all, I think it works. It just depends. Yeah, and that that bleed, you just bled into the question number two, and that was a, a beautiful From transition because I notice. really are. Um, I agree in the sense that I would leave that amount of money if I thought I was going to win a ring. But the question is going to be, will they actually win a ring? And I agree in the sense that I think they have a better shot if Kyrie Irving is not there. Um, I don't know if those three together are going to work. And the reason why I say that is because I think out of the three of them, the person who is most suited to play off ball is Kevin Durant. Yeah. I think he sort of did that yep. with Golden State. Sort of did that with OKC. And so he's done it before. We he saw can after play this off year, ball. James Harden is comfortable playing off the ball. They let Russell Westbrook take the ball up and get his fair share of shots. Like James Harden proved this year that he is willing to play ball with another superstar and willing to give up some of his piece of the pie, if you will. That pumpkin pie. Right. Not pumpkin pie. Apple pie is just better. Well, it's hard to, isn't it kind of hard to divvy up apple pie? Because isn't it a little like wetter and it's not as solid as pumpkin pie, you know? I think if the question comes down to apple pie or pumpkin pie. No, I'm pie, just talking about the, the um, concentration of apple pie. Is it solid enough? But you're talking about yeah. warm apple pie. Like this is, I don't know if it's going to hold up. Are you saying that the Brooklyn Nets aren't going to hold up because they're an apple pie? Okay, now <laughs> I'm just lost. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but anyway, like I was saying, Kevin Durant out of the three of them is definitely the most suited to play off ball. He's probably the best at it out of the three of them. James Harden can play off ball, but he's also a very ball dominant uh, player as well. He can do that. He's done that. Kyrie Irving is one thing and one thing only. He's a very ball-dominant, isolation-type player. He's kind of, in a sense, like Westbrook, but I don't think he even passes as much as Westbrook does, which is saying a lot. He is a way better shooter than Westbrook. (laughs) Um, So the thing would be is out of the three of them, the person who's probably going to bring the ball up out of the three of them is Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving is not Steph Curry. Kyrie Irving is not going to pass the ball, run around um, like it's a track meet, catch the ball, and pop a three. I mean, (laughs) he might. But he hasn't proven that he is willing to do that. Here's my rebuttal. Or that he wants to do that. In defense of Mr. Irving. I represent Mr. Irving. We've seen him win a championship in 2016 with another very ball dominant superstar in LeBron James. But the reason he left Cleveland was because he didn't want to share the ball with LeBron James anymore. So mm-hmm. we've seen right. him do it. It's just a question of will he swallow a little bit of pride? Say, you know what? I'm just going to average 18 points this year off of catch and shoots, 
taking the ball up. I mean, obviously, KD, Kyrie, James, they can rest sporadically throughout the year because they have so many superstars. Like, Kyrie will get his shot. Um, Is he going to be able to swallow his pride enough to say, I'm the third option on this team. If James doesn't have it one game, I can take over. If Kevin doesn't have it one game, which rarely happens, I can take over. But if they're both there, I'm just kind of a little bit of a background piece. Yeah, because Kyrie Irving, I think, becomes the third option on that team. Which I don't know if he's going to be happy with. Now, we're not in Kyrie Irving's camp. We don't know. I am. But... <laughs> anyway, based on track record, based on track record, he just hasn't proven right. that he's willing to do that. Um, so, I think I don't think they're gonna get rid of Kyrie. I think James might sign for a little bit less, and they're gonna try to make a run with those three. And let's just hypothetically say that they do all wind up in one place. Then maybe it does end up working. Do you think that that team with those three? as we just said that we both think they'd be better off without Kyrie, do you think that that team has enough to beat the Lakers? If they're all, if they're all happy? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they have Spencer Didwitty and Josh Allen. Wait. I think his name's Josh Allen. No, what's his, <laughs> what's his name? The Allen dude, the center. Jared Allen. Jared. Um, and they have yeah. um, Joe Harris. They might lose Joe Harris because they won't be able to afford him if they pick up James Harden. I was going to say, they're going to lose they have one Jerry of those guys. Harris, so they have no, a you did not. stack. And they Sorry, looking at the Jordan. roster. They have a stacked roster from top to bottom. And if they add James Harden, dude, that, that might be one of the best rosters on paper we've ever seen. Yeah, it's a very good lineup. The thing is that they're definitely going to lose uh, players. If they trade Kyrie for James Harden, they won't lose as much because that frees up the cap space for Harden. By the way, Jamal Crawford is also oh, yeah, on Brooklyn. Him, uh, for the bubble. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's that too. Dude, that team is stacked. Oh, and don't, don't forget Garrett Temple. Pro's pro right there. Best Sacramento Kings player in the last decade. Dude, he really is. <laughs> he really has been. He, I loved oh, him when man. he was on the team. But are they better than Milwaukee? After... Probably. Uh, Milwaukee, needs, Milwaukee needs one After more piece. they just traded for Drew Holiday. And they get the Serbian MJ, Bogdan Bogdanovic. Shoot, that's another thing we have to talk about is the trade that happened between the Bucks and the, Bucks and the, and the Pelicans, and they're just weird trades. And the the <laughs> got significantly better, and the Suns got yeah, significantly so, better. So just so all just right, go right, ahead right, and right. run us through all this stuff so that's been going go, on. Let's, let's go, just let's catch everybody the up. Most the farthest one, the Lakers signed Dennis the Menace Schroeder. By trading away Danny Green, a, a pack of gum, in their first-round pick for Dennis Schroeder. I don't know what the Thunder are thinking, but okay. So the Lakers got significantly better. 
Then we have a uh, meaningless trade from the Nets uh, and Detroit for two no-name players that I don't even know. Then we get the Suns blockbuster trade with the Thunder. The Thunder, again, making head-scratching moves. Chris Paul and um, Nader. I don't remember if you know. I don't know if you know that guy. Um, they were traded to Phoenix yeah. for Kelly Oubre, good player, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lick. Yeah, I don't know. Lequee? Lequee? The Suns' yeah. first round pick in 2022. 2022. All that yep. I think that's a that's a pretty good trade for Phoenix. They're giving up Kelly Oubre, which kind of sucks. And they're giving up Ricky Rubio, but they're obviously upgrading from Ricky Rubio anyway. I think that's definitely an interesting trade. We can talk about that later. The Trailblazers are suddenly buyers in the trade market, getting Robert Covington... For Trevor Ariza, former king, <laughs> a first a round steal. pick this year, the number 16th pick, and a first round pick next year, all for Robert Covington, to Houston. Mm-hmm. And then, the big daddy, Drew Holiday and a second round pick are sent to Milwaukee for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, the first round pick of this year, the first round pick of 2024, the first round pick of 2025, the first round pick of 20, or no, the the swap rights. So whoever finishes lower, they can switch. Yeah. The swaps are for 2024 right. and so 2026. They get a first round pick this year, a first round pick in 2025, and a first round pick in 2027 for Milwaukee. So if Milwaukee, say seven years from now, is the worst team in the league, the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> might have the first overall pick because of a trade for Drew Holiday. We got to talk about that one. Yeah. And then finally, the trade that happened at 1 o'clock Eastern time. So I don't know why Milwaukee's up that late. Bogdan Bogdanovich <laughs> and Justin James are sent to Milwaukee for Dante DiVincenzo, Ursan Ilyasova, and Sacramento native, he played at Capital Christian, DJ Wilson. And that's bada it. Bing, bada boom. So which one do you want to tackle first? Mm-hmm. Let's just get the Kings one out of the way because that's Awful close trade. and near and dear to our heart. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> this adds another person who I own a jersey to that no longer plays for the team I have the jersey of. So if Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo is the last chance. If he ends up leaving oh, crap. the Niners after He's the season, leave. <laughs> I will have eight jerseys. That are outdated. So again, the offer still stands. Uh, Tell me, send me a jersey of a player that you no longer want on your team, and it'll happen. <laughs> Dude, you are the KOD. <laughs> you are the kiss of death for a lot of players. Oh my Jenna, goodness, Jenna that's so sad. So I sad forgot because she got me that jersey. She was like, I shouldn't have yeah. gotten you that jersey. I was, it was two years ago that she got me the jersey. How would she have known that they were going to trade him? Yeah. Well, and then she also got you the Jimmy G yeah. one. And that uh, that, that may not be uh, far from uh, blowing yep. up either. Now, DiVincenzo is not no, a terrible not player. He's not bad. Um. So he, I don't think he, he's definitely not as good no. as Bogey, but 
he's not and he's drastically not worse. No, so I guess that's the question now is I guess that's the thought process that I have is what are they gonna do get with Buddy now? Like he played so much ass. better coming nah, get rid coming of off ass. the bench. You think he doesn't want to play here? He doesn't want to play in You think? Get rid of him. Get rid of that contract. Whew. Yeah. He does not yeah. want to, he has shown he is not worth the kind of headaches that he has caused. In Sacramento. Yeah. He is blowing up. No. Get rid of him. Yeah. I don't I would have actually been more okay with them, I think, trading sure. buddies and bogey. For sure. Not even put the the fact that my bias aside that I have a bogey jersey. Bogdan is a better player than Buddy is right now for the Kings. For the for Kings. the Kings, Buddy yes. is a better player. He's shown it. He's been more consistent than Bogey has. But Bogey plays better with De'Aaron, and he doesn't way better conflicts. He doesn't open his mouth and blast off to a Kings organization. Get rid of his ass. But no, mm-hmm. you get rid of Bogey. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be the I think it's going to be the uh the new the new GM coming in. Yeah, he's maybe trying to clean house a little bit. Things? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just I don't we, know. Me and Ben were talking about it, man. Is this is really the start of another rebuild? There was so much hope coming into last season. Rightfully so. And now we're just starting click, starting another rebuild. Where we're back at it again. Have the Sacramento Kings been a part of in my lifetime? What? <laughs> it's been every year. <laughs> it's never been up. <laughs> Last year was just the, a fluke. The year before. No, the year before was just Who a knows? fluke. Maybe Marvin. Maybe Marvin. That's all it was. But as it stands, the whole league thinks he's a bust. And the whole league knows a yeah. little more than the Kings, it seems like. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so that was that was an interesting trade. Let's do the Bucks one now, the Drew Holiday. Uh, oh, well, over. first off, we gotta cover the Bucks getting Bogdan, I think is huge for them. I yeah. I mean yeah. he's what their I agree. fourth option on that ha- team? I mean, he, yeah. I, he's going to average 15 points for that team, and he's just going to be a, a good – like, he's just going to be a solid option for them. And they get Drew Holiday for a King's ransom. Who is a better version of far. Eric Bledsoe. And he's more available. Like, he does not get injured like Eric yeah. Bledsoe does. Um, the fact that they have to give up so many first-round picks, they better hope that Giannis stays in a Bucks uniform the rest of his career to make that trade worthwhile. Uh, yeah. I think – I think this puts them at the top of the East. How old is Eric Bledsoe? Eric Bledsoe he was the, is the Marcus draft. Oh, so he, so he, Andrew Holiday are both thirty years old. Okay. Yeah, no. In order, in order to keep Giannis there, they're going to have to keep adding and adding and adding because they, they're. I mean, if this playoffs wasn't a, a. a prime example of the fact that they need another piece, then I don't know what is. They need right. one more person. They need one more player, and then I think they can legitimately say that uh, 
they can go toe-to-toe with the Lakers. But I don't no, know I, who that is. I think they're good. I think, I think I they're think good, they're good right too, but to I don't think be they're the best in the East and beat the Lakers. Because I don't it. think they have enough Giannis to beat the Lakers. I... Just has to be a defensive juggernaut. Because on offense, Drew Holiday picks up some of that. Bogdan picks up some of that. They still have Brooke Lopez. They got Chris Middleton, who, when Giannis was out or when Giannis wasn't feeling it, I guess. He looked great in that Miami series. He's he's, he's poor, poor man. Giannis. I think he's a poor man, KD. He's got that same game or that. And you now you just have Drew Holiday picks up so much pressure off of Giannis on the offensive end that he can just get offensive rebounds, put it back in, get out on the break, make it like he if he averages twenty points, this team is not in a bad spot. And he plays great on the defensive mm-hmm. end. I don't think this trade does does much for New Orleans other than just give them a gigantic amount of they stock are in all the draft in on the Zion train. Yeah, and the Brandon Ingram train. Um, and I think this just allows Brandon Ingram to further control the ball. Yeah, and this this in this sense, like I said, I don't think this changes they don't their make team playoffs all that much. No, I don't think so either. Um, but it doesn't really – it doesn't do much. Swapping Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is just a little bit less of a scorer than Drew Holiday, and he's better on defense. Um, George Hill is a solid backup point guard. Uh, but they have – He always ones. has been. Like, um, they have so many po- – they have Josh Hart, don't they still? I think so, yeah. yeah that's weird. I yeah, don't know. It's weird that – New Orleans made that. I mean, obviously, they made it purely for the picks. Purely for the. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's safe to assume. In the next seven years. Yeah. Um, Robert Covington. Perfect. To fit. Portland. I think so too. Um, how old is he? I'm looking up how old Robert is. Robert Covington is 29. He's still in his 20s, and he is a very. Great defender. Very solid he's player. been on the All NBA teams, um, and he's a great three point shooter. I, I mean, great, great kind of a strength. I yeah, mean, last... he's a very good three point shooter. We saw from at Houston last year for the Rockets. He averaged eleven points per game, eight rebounds, one and a half assists, one and a half steals, and center. two blocks that team. for a game. Yeah. That's a great, great spot. And now all you have to ask him, him to do is guard the LeBrons of the world and the, um, I don't know, even put him on Jamal Murray of the world and stuff like. He's a he's an upgraded Trevor. He's a younger Trevor. Like he's Trevor Reza in his prime. Yeah. So that's that's beautiful for is that Portland, too much which is for not good for the Kings. <laughs> Mm, I don't think, I think so. Well, but that's a little. That's a lot. I think it is a lot. It is a lot. But I feel like they wouldn't have been able to do it without that second. Pick. Right. I don't think Trevor Reason won. And at number sixteen, you're Covington. not going to get a player of the caliber at River Covington right now. No. Um. 
And then the last big, the last one, the really other big one is Chris Paul on the Suns. Makes them a playoff team. If he can do what yeah. he did with the Thunder, I, it makes them a playoff team, no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now what that does really is it, it allows um, uh, Booker to not – I mean, he was – he is a mm-hmm. ball-dominant player. He could play off ball. Um, he could definitely play off ball. And Chris Paul yep. is better than Ricky Rubio. So you just get a better – a way better version of Ricky Rubio because it's not like Chris Paul doesn't pass like Ricky Rubio because mm-hmm. he does. Um, he just scores a lot more than Ricky Rubio. Um, losing Kelly Oubre yeah. kind of stinks. Uh, that'll that'll probably be felt a little bit. Um, I think but everybody helps, else, uh, I wouldn't say so. Too. Just provides how just so? Provides a little oh, more just to have Paul. They can run yeah. a little more pick and rolls. I mean, they could do that with Ricky Rubio, but I think having a legit three point outside option and Chris Paul just doesn't allow guys to double Aiden. And he's a Chris Paul's got another DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I think Aiden's a little better in just the better post offensively. Than Jordan was, but yeah, yeah, just better offensively. But what I'm saying is, in the sense that he's got a point, he's Chris Paul has uh, a reliable big and a little bit but, more reliable big on offense. Um, and then the last one, Dennis Schroeder. I don't know why to the Lakers he would make that trade. They made the Lakers better immediately and a lock to win the oh, West yeah. next year with this trade. I I agree. Dennis Schroeder, I would take over Dennis Danny Schroeder's Green right now. Done. Um, He's a starter in this league. Yeah. And you traded Danny Gray, who mm-hmm. couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in the 28th pick? <laughs> That's ridiculous to me. Yeah, that was that was a weird, a very Rob weird Lincoln move. must have some blackmail on uh, Sam Presti. Bless you. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. Yeah, he must. Because that was... They robbed and the rest of the blind. NBA must have blackmail on the Kings because they just keep making dumb moves. <laughs> well, the Kings always make dumb moves. Um, so that's really it for the uh, the NBA news. We got about four minutes left before we hit our hour and a half mark. What do you want to talk about? For the last four minutes. Um, We're never that early. Oh, have you watched the Mandalorian? Oh, so I'm one episode behind on the Mandalorian so, right now, oh, dude. The last one I watched the was the one. The last one I watched, Ugh, freaky. Yeah, so freaky. You know what the problem with that? Ep- some of these episodes. So actually, did you hear? Okay. And I actually heard this from my dad. And I don't know if it came back in the, uh, the most recent episode because I haven't seen the most recent episode. But there were some people apparently in the nerd universe that were in like uproar that baby Yoda it I don't we need to stop calling him baby Yoda because that's not Yoda but um that right. he was eating the eggs and they were saying that it that was, was a cool thing messed up. And, and then the theory is is He's that baby Yoda oh darn it no <laughs> that baby Yoda was not eating the eggs but could sense that the eggs oh. were in danger and was just kind of like preserving them and then later on down the road something is going to happen to those eggs and then baby Yoda's going to be like he's going to spit up all the tadpoles 
Yeah, I'd be like, here's your babies. Well, after watching um, the next episode that you haven't watched, I I don't Not. think that's the case. <laughs> but, yeah. I think he was literally just eating them. I think they did that just for a gag. I think... I think they did too. Um, and I didn't have as much of a, uh, like, th- people were mad, apparently. Like, really mad. Kid. Yeah, I know. And, <laughs> and then, and then that just, um, it just explains what happens later in the episode when he eats the spider. That's all it was. He yeah. Had a, he was hungry. They were, they were setting it up. So. Uh, but the Mandalorian's been good so far this season. I has, I mean, it's, it's like been the same as I, I liked the first episode a lot when they fight. Yeah, when they the fight first that episode giant was good. Snake worm thing. Yeah, oh, the dragon, dragon, whatever it was called. Yeah, that was a pretty visually satisfying called, episode. And he's communicating with the same. It people. was. It was. Yeah, and the uh, the scale of this season obviously is much bigger than last season. Yeah. Um, I feel like the critique that I, the one critique that I have for the show is that there are just a handful of episodes where I just feel like the story doesn't progress at all. Like they do like a, just a, like a little speed bump in the yeah, road and then boom, they're it. like, I think, I think you've nailed it. Yeah. That's the, that's the one critique. Like when, uh, when they were, when they were right. dealing with the spiders and all of that happened, um, I was sitting there and I was like, okay, like what? Like that right. was, that was a cool pit stop, but nothing happened. Like at the end of you it, really nothing the, happened. Uh, the next one. It's really yeah. a shame that um, we can't talk about it because that, that episode poses a very big thing that we need to talk about. But the fact that you're slacking is a little upsetting. Well, don't worry. I'll get to it. Um, anyway, so that'll do it for us on uh, episode 68. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you all next Keep a week. Keep the